The quotation on the opening page of their website powerfully states, The only thing worse than kids giving up on school is if we give up on them. Research indicates over 40% of the students in the Denver public schools have been dropping out of school at some point. The adverse effect to our community is well documented and is very real. Dropouts are three times more likely to be unemployed and eight times more likely to become incarcerated. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Through its core of highly skilled near-peer mentors, the organization City Year in Denver has been instrumental in accelerating student achievement along with improving school climate and culture to keep kids in school to graduation. Leading this impactful and successful City Year effort is its highly involved executive director, Morris Price, joined by development manager, Chelsea Tossing. So we start off with analysis of where can we have the biggest impact our goal is to find the highest percentage of students who are off track. Um, DPS, when we came in nineteen in 2010, was 96,000 students. And the greatest opportunity to meet our old long-term goal of cutting the urban dropout rate by two-thirds. Yeah. Go to that school system, which has the largest population, the highest percentage of off track, follow those students. Then, from the third grade to the ninth grade, focusing on English and math literacy, get them caught up keep them on track, and get them on time to graduate. If they get to the ninth grade on track, there's a higher percentage they're going to graduate. That's why we started with DPS. DPS is about 92,000 students now. If you think about it in scale, DPS has about 203 schools total in its portfolio, elementary, middle, and high school, every configuration from magnet to to charter. There are 37 high schools. Nine of those 37 high schools give you 45% of your dropouts. So our goal is to find those elementary schools that feed to those middle schools, that feed those students to those nine high schools. Now, in simple terms, that would be easy. But DPS is all choice. So those kids might stay close to home by elementary school. Yeah. By middle school, they're moving around. And by high school, they are all over, this, all over the county and outside of the county. So our model has to be a little different. We are likely in the next, I don't know, three to five years, we're going to have to think about expanding to another district, not just because of that factor, but gentrification and families moving out of the inner city of Denver. Now, because of because kids are more mobile, you can work with a kid now in Denver, and that same kid could be over in Jefferson County the next year. Yeah. So the way we see it, ideally, we'd like to. We're now in the first grade through ninth grade, and they're called feeder patterns. How do we stay within those predominant five pipelines? If we work with a young person who, in the first grade, but by the third grade they move to another school or middle school, if we have improved their academic performance and they now at least have a chance to choice into a better school, we've done some of what we want to do. Excuse me for the interruption, but what do you have to do with, or how do you communicate well with primary students in first grade (laughs) who probably haven't put a track record yet together of of two or three report cards? Well, I think the best person to answer that is someone who did it. Chelsea was a city or AmeriCorps member. She served in the schools, and she spent time with these kids Mm one-on-one Um, Chelsea can say a little more about how did you actually engage day-to-day with the core members. Yeah, he's referring to Chelsea Topping is here. She helps with development at City Year, but once upon a time, she was one of their uh, peer mentors. Um, Yeah, I was actually a teacher working with um, students in a similar demographic in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, You were a teacher? Yes, yes, I was a high school teacher, yeah. High school, you were doing ninth, ninth, tenth, in what area? 
Um, I was working with 11th graders in American literature, and okay. I was working with all grades, 9th through 12th, in yeah. speech and debate. Okay. okay. Um, and I think that gave me a pretty unique perspective on some of the challenges that teachers face um, in all schools and some of the things that I've seen replicated here in our schools in Denver. Um, and back to your question of um, how do we work with first graders, by the time my students are in 11th grade and they're struggling to put together a <laughs> a well-formed sentence that articulates an idea that they have. Right. Um, when they're 17, I've got one year. And when they're eight, you have the rest of their their academic careers. And sure. I think the real power of city year is changing trajectories. Um, and, and I think first grade is, you know, if we could start in pre-K. But is that, is that changing a trajectory or setting a new trajectory for them? Yeah, I guess that is setting a new trajectory. The hope is that we set a new trajectory. And I, I think you'd be surprised that, you know, two or three report cards can tell you a lot about that student's experience in school. Um, and there's a lot of research now about um, the importance of early childhood education and students who are coming into elementary schools with um, with exposure to books in their homes and who have um, a more expansive vocabulary. Those students are from their initial experience in school, those students are set up on a different trajectory than students who have less exposure to literacy and, and math in their um, early formative years. So I think first and second grade, mm -hmm. that is a powerful time for interventions. And if you can be, um, if you can be, if our core members can be the people that are meeting those students at the door and sitting down and um, exposing them to their first book and building that confidence, you see that ripple effect through the rest of their academic career. Um, yeah, but the but the other question there is, are we introducing to youngsters of that age that don't have a problem yet, yeah. that you have a problem, that's why I'm here, <laughs> and, and they don't have a problem yet because different kids mature and manage mm -hmm. socialization at different rates. Well, one of the things that City Year does differently than other programs that certainly tutor it's beyond just the academics. In some case, elementary school, we have a walking school bus where the core members will go into the neighborhood and walk the kids to school. They understand the environment the kids coming in. They have time to talk mm -hmm. and build a, mm -hmm. a, a different relationship as a near peer. So Morris walking with Johnny. Johnny starts talking about what's going on in his family, what's going on in his house. School might not even be the challenge for him. Mm -hmm. He gets to the front door and literally there are core members out front in their red jackets chanting big smiles, giving high fives, and reminding you, we value you here at another side of this door. So, so, so these are the external factors and obstacles that exactly. you help kids go so, through. But wouldn't that make some parents kind of uncomfortable to say, oh, Johnny may be showing up talking about what's going on in the home? I think we find the opposite. I think we find parents who see that they recognize it's not just about what happens in the classroom. Uh -huh. We care what happens from the moment that child leaves the home, mm -hmm. outside, and certainly in the hallways. The tutoring is part of it, but our core members are also – uh, making behavior calls, calling the mom and dad and saying, we want to let you know Morris has been in class five days in a row, and mm -hmm. we want to thank you for that. That's mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. They run after-school programs from sports to clubs to and doing tutoring of all students, not just the ones who may be academically challenged. So they become fully embedded into the culture of the school, and the parents see that as an asset as what they are getting when they put their kid in that particular school. Chelsea, when kids are talking to you as a peer mentor, what kinds of things are they sharing? Oh, my gosh. What kinds of problems <laughs> or issues that they usually keep inside and you all go in there with a with a church key and open it up and oh try to help them get past it so they can do better? I think what's 
what blows me away about City Year is the power of, we put young people in school, so they're 18 to 25. Um, and as a teacher, you have to worry about content delivery and you have to worry about the subject. And when you have a mentor in the classroom um, who is, you know, like Morris said, meeting you at the door, who is like spending their lunch with you, who's playing chess with you after school, like that is, that is the church key. Um, and I think what I've seen with core members and students is students look to core members as their first point of, of contact for everything. It's like, I'm having I'm having a problem with, you know, my friend who came to school and said this to me. And core members are like, all right, here's how um, how can we deal with that? How can we deal with that constructively? Mm -hmm. um, and whether that's a challenge that they're having in school with their teachers, they're trying to navigate um, getting the, the support that they need from their teachers or their friends or something that's keeping them from actually getting in the school building during the day. Kids are talking to core members about that because they trust them because core members are consistent because they're there every day. Um, and, you know, it doesn't happen. Core members don't walk in and kids are like, here, let me confess everything that's going on in my life. It is a product of showing up day after day of being that reliable, resilient figure in a kid's life. And, and the power of that trust for kids is absolutely enormous. But parents would say, I want the kid talking to me first and not talking to you. Well, but and <laughs> you, you would come back someone, with, right? we encourage you to talk uh -huh. to me. We encourage them to talk yeah. to you, but sometimes they can't figure out how to do it. And that's the power of the core members. They're helping. They're not, you know, always being the one that's the conduit to the parents. The core yeah. members aren't owning that. They're empowering kids to figure out the words that they need to use to articulate their experience. And that's the thing that's going to get them on a different rhythm and a different path. Yeah, and so when that core member leaves at the end of the year, that kid isn't, you know, left high and dry because that adult is gone. That kid has got a new set of skills and tools that they learn from this relationship. Mm -hmm. I think what they've learned is um, trust someone who wants to help you. Mm -hmm. um, our core members do a year of service, sometimes two percentage do a year of service, but that student walk in the next year, they'll they may not see Chelsea, they might see Randy in a red jacket. They learn that trust can matter. Um, it does yeah. not about well, it's not just Chelsea. Trust me. It's someone who want to commit some time to helping me. Tell me about um, whole school, whole child. Whole school, whole child. And that goes, I think, speaks to exactly what we were talking about before. This is more than just about academic tutoring. It's recognizing that the child is impacted by everything from the moment they leave the house to the moment they go back into the home. Yeah. Core members working with, I have a young lady, remember a young lady two years ago was with a core member, strong academic student, but she was failing, purposely failing. And when you she was purposely, purposely failing because mm -hmm. when they asked her why, she says, well, the teacher only talks to the bad kids. And so if she was not what she was doing well, the teacher being so focused on the kids who were challenged, she said in order to get the teacher's attention, she started purposely failing. The core member spotted that, but also noticed that during one of the class exercises, the young lady became really interested in Paris. They did a study on France. Yeah. And so she contacted us. We got a couple of posters and some postcards from uh, the Paris exhibit at the art museum and said, um, bright students, good, successful students can choose to go to Paris if they want. Sure. That Cormorant saw something about her that really sparked her motivation, motivation beyond pleasing the teacher. That young lady started performing, not just because someone was reprimanded or, or tutoring her, but they saw what really motivated her. That's part of that whole school. What do we see in the child beyond the academics? Now, your peer mentors can find, so find out about some interesting things going on with kids. Do you also take the time to, if necessary, contact their parents about it and share it with them so that you can have a joint uh, intervention? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think there is something to be said about like the role that the core member plays in that. Um, often, you know, there there is a confidence that core members have with students, and there are things within you know the scope of the law that core members have to report um, yeah. if students are in danger, if there's something happening that is beyond the core member's scope of, of support and influence. But I think what, you know, going back to what I said earlier, what can be really empowering is the core member can be the advocate that gets the parent in the room, that gets the teacher in the room, that creates, that closes the loop between the student and the other adults in their lives and really helps them um, articulate the path forward. And sometimes the core members are the ones that are um, activating the administration to support with um, bigger challenges that students are having that, you know, again, exceed the scope of core members' training. Yeah, well, you, you could have the administrations af- afraid of you being there because you're finding out things from them about what's going on in school. No, I think it's the opposite. I think what the, okay. what the mm-hmm. DPS values is we are one part, part of an important partnership. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you have the teacher, and again, city here is in the classroom not to replace the teacher, but in partnership with the teacher to work with mm-hmm. these kids, and then we are in partnership with the social worker, the, the school psychologist. There, we play an intimate role with the culture of the school, yeah. um, knowing the dean of culture, being but the principal knows them. We have regular meetings. What what are you seeing in the hallways that we need to be aware? Yeah, of? Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Culture. What are you meaning about the culture of the school? Just the way kids may or may not bully each other, uh, respect that they treat each other with or with, without. Is that what, what we're talking about I think, here? You know, when when, when the, the, the people are our age and we see something happening in the hall, we may not understand it. When the court member has spent our time, age, your age, I'm too young for that. <laughs> but go on. When the court member has been on as, as say, on the playground and they see the interaction between a group of students and they know it might be about something that was said on social media. Sure. Um, they can bring that to light. So here's what the real issue is. These aren't kids who are just acting out. Here's what the issue is. And then when Morris is with so-and-so and they're talking about so-and-so, here's what we can predict to be the outcomes of that mm-hmm. engagement. What if we spent some time with them being apart? Um, they can play a role in which the administration does not see, but truly values what happens when you have a near peer. And that's an important part, that near peer mentor versus so who's a teacher, well-intended, who's been trained, but they just are just outside of that that window of trust because of their age demographic. Yeah, the the age thing is really really important then because a near peer means somebody that's near of their age than a grown adult who you know they used to say back a long time ago don't trust anybody over thirty, you know. And our core members by design purposely our core members are eighteen to twenty five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, in Denver, eighty percent come from outside the state and they opt to move here. In fact, we are fortunate that. Usually for every spot we have available, we get about four applicants, so we can pick an ideal candidate to come in. Mr. Morris Price is the executive director of the organization City Year here in Denver, along with development director Chelsea Tossing. Their website for additional information and on how you can become involved is available online at cityyear.org. We'll continue to learn more insight to the work of City Year on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.